Welcome to another episode of the Covenant Community Kids Podcast. I am Jackie Jones. I need to put my bowl of cauliflower down. (laughs) I'm Evie Jones. I should put my fidget down because I will keep popping. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, we are here. We're here. We're focused. We're present. Ready to go. It's just us today, so. Yeah. No guest introduction. Sorry about it. Sorry. (laughs) We're stuck with just us. Um, but yeah, we wanted to just do a little episode where we talk about the gift of tongues, which is a gift of the Holy Spirit that was, um, a pretty common experience for us as children and for, I'm sure, a lot of you listening. And, uh, if you don't know about it, hopefully you will learn a little bit about, uh, what that all is. Yeah. Kind of an unofficial requirement, honestly. Yeah. Not even just a, yeah. Unofficial yeah, or I didn't official. know how to, how, to, how to put that. It was like, re- expectation required. It's yeah. pretty, yeah. Well, we could jump right yeah. into the exact language. Um, Let, I was going to say. Because when I was 17, I was... Okay, so starting around, like, 15, I've talked about this already, so I'm going to try not to repeat myself too much, but when I was around 15 is when I started sort of, like, questioning things, wasn't sure what I believed, stuff felt weird, and then around, like, 16, around, like, 16, 17 is when I was really pretty actively, like, looking at other religions and beliefs out there and kind of trying to figure stuff out. Um... But I wasn't, like, totally writing off anything I grew up with either. I was trying to, like, really understand it better. So I was going to go to the Yes Retreat, which was, like, a high school retreat for community kids. Um, And I – there was an application. Like a weekend. Yeah. There was an application for it. So I was filling out the application – and it had three tracks that you could choose from. Um, and then, you know, whichever track you chose kind of determined what talks you went to and what activities you did. And I took issue mm-hmm. with the wording of the tracks. I took it upon myself to write a letter to Mike Shaughnessy, who was the, um, like, youth director at the time, I think. Um, I think. I know he has had various high positions in the community. Um, and I know we've mentioned him before, but I think at the time I'd, he was a new director for all of the youth things. And I didn't really understand. I don't think that I thought of him as like the big shot that I've heard him talked about since then. So it's not like I was like, I'm going to the top. It, well, I guess I kind of was, but anyway, right. um, Regardless, I just wanted some answers about these different tracks. Yes. So I'm just going to go ahead and read the letter I wrote and his response, if that's okay. Yes. Oh, please. And then you can just interrupt me at any time because it is a bit. No, I think that that'll be great to hear the exact wording. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, too, because a lot of what I say in this letter are things that I like mm-hmm. have talked about on the podcast or that are just sort of part of my narrative of like having grown up in this but reading how I wrote them when I was 17 is very 
interesting to me at least to be like, wow, no, these are, yeah. this is really how I felt. This is really what I was dealing with. So anyway, I said, uh, my name is Genevieve Jones. I am a 17 year old junior from Ann Arbor, Michigan, where I have been a member of the Sword of the Spirit since I was born. I would first like to thank you for your obvious concern for high school students and for the many hours you have dedicated to helping us. As a community kid, I have been to many youth retreats and events, and the passion exhibited in every leader leaves me with no doubt that you have only the best of intentions in mind. I received the application for this year's Yes Retreat, and as I read it, I was struck by the Choose a Track portion. I understand the tracks given are flexible generalizations and are probably designed to meet each retreatee where they are at in their Christian life. However, I found the way each track was worded to be interesting. The first track mentioned was, I have never responded to the call to have Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The second track was, I have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but still need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and or receive the gift of tongues. And finally, the third track, I have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. What's next? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I read the second track to mean that baptism in the Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues are available to and even necessary for every Christian to receive if they intend to come closer to God. Also, the order these tracks were placed in made it seem to me as if receiving the gift of tongues and being baptized in the Holy Spirit are gifts that can bring you closer to God than a person without those gifts would be able to come. In my experience, in my heart, and in my conscience, I am led to disagree with those statements. Part of the reason why I am motivated to feel this way is because I was prayed over multiple times for six consecutive years for baptism in the Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues. I was led to believe that this would allow me to come closer to God than I would be able to without those gifts. I was taught in a community setting that baptism in the Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues are available to anyone willing to receive them, and that people without those gifts were, unintentionally, I am sure, looked upon as people who are missing an essential part of life. Naturally, I felt discouraged and assumed there was something wrong with me, since I never received either of those things, despite a genuine desire and openness that I reinforced regularly. I was eventually comforted when I read a scripture passage which described the Holy Spirit giving unique gifts to different people. I realized that the gift of tongues and even baptism in the Holy Spirit are not part of God's plan for everybody, but for those he feels need it. I believe that every human is born with one fundamental responsibility. I think that responsibility is to search for the truth and to hold fast to it once it has been found. I am on such a search at this point in my life, and I cannot honestly say that I believe everything Christianity and the charismatic life teach is true. I deeply respect both ways of life, and I certainly have never ruled them out as completely false. I am simply using my conscience and praying for guidance and discerning what really is true. But, assuming the things Christianity and the charismatic life teach are true, is it your intent to teach youth that the gift of tongues and baptism in the Holy Spirit are available to anyone open to them? Are you intending to imply that Christians who have been baptized and are given the gift of tongues are in a deeper relationship with God than those who do not have those gifts? I appreciate your time in reading this letter. I am not intending to criticize your work or seem unappreciative. 
I respect you and all you have done to help high school students over the years, and I am very grateful for the many times you have touched lives very dear to my own. The purpose of this letter is simply to help me better understand the stance that this retreat and its leaders will be taking on the charismatic life, and to help me learn more about what it means to be a member of the Sword of the Spirit Youth Group. I would appreciate it if you could keep the personal things I have shared confidential, as it is hard for me to admit to people that I can no longer say I think I have all the answers. I'm sure that is just an issue of pride, but nevertheless, it is where I am at in my journey right now. Thank you so much for your time and for your anticipated response. Sincerely, Genevieve Jones. So that was my letter. <laughs> wow. Um, I want to hear his response before I talk about okay. how articulate and well <laughs> respectful that was. <laughs> okay. So here's his response. Genevieve. Well, there's a letter for you. How shall I <laughs> how shall I answer? Probably first by saying God works in strange and mysterious ways. I didn't give my life to the Lord until well, it was January of my seventeenth year, which is how old I was. Right. Um, why didn't I do it earlier? I didn't get baptized in the spirit, although I was a very dedicated Christian until I was twenty four. As far as the baptism in the Holy Spirit goes, the most important sign of this reality is the life you live, not the gifts you exercise. Paul's 13th chapter of his first letter to the Corinthians says it very clearly. Gifts of the Spirit are nice, but love is absolutely essential. It is the sign. Okay, the questions you asked are really good ones, but there are even more. Do all speak in tongues? No. Is it essential for salvation? No. Is it better to have this gift than not? Yes. Is it better to have the gift of healing than not? Yes. Is it better to have the gift of prophecy than not? Yes. Does every Christian have every gift? No. Does everyone who ever receives the gift of tongues get it the first time they are prayed with? No. I didn't. Who knows when you might receive that gift? What if it's when you're 70? It is really tough to explain why God does what he does when he does it. He knows. I sure don't. Should we earnestly desire all the gifts? Yes. Should we feel inferior because we have one gift and not another? No. Can the gifts puff us up with pride? Yes. Does that mean we shouldn't seek them? No. Why do we ask the questions the way we do? Exactly as you said, to give us a feel for how many kids will be going to which track so we can assign the rooms correctly. The youth themselves will decide what track they want to be on. Typically, about 25% of those coming on a yes retreat have never been prayed with for the baptism in the Spirit and the gifts. Why do we highlight the gift of tongues? Well, it seems to be what the scripture highlights among the gifts when receiving the baptism in the Spirit. But as noted above, it is not the only gift, nor the highest of the gifts. So there is a hierarchy. <laughs> is the baptism in the Spirit available to all? Yes. Is it essential? No but it does seem to help most people. Another question to ask is how do you know if you have been baptized in the Spirit? It isn't because you had a wow experience. God has all sorts of ways to draw you closer to him. Is the baptism in the Holy Spirit one of those? Yes. Is serving the poor? Yes. Is suffering? Yes. Does God work in exactly the same way with everyone? No. In the same order or sequence? No. <laughs> The key is always remaining open to the grace that God has for you today. 
Trying to judge the effectiveness of what you haven't experienced is always difficult. If you haven't experienced a word of revelation where God tells you he is about to heal someone, then tells you to pray over them, and then they get healed, it's hard to know what that experience is like. Even when you have had that experience, it's hard to explain it well. I have never prayed with someone to be raised from the dead. I don't know what it would be like. Where did that come from? <laughs> I'm not sure. You are 17, but have probably experienced far more of the Lord than I had at 17. As you get older, you will add many other spiritual experiences to those you have had. You will grow in wisdom and be able to answer many of these questions better. Trying to understand them now is a really good thing, but expecting to have all the answers right away is probably a bit, well, foolish. Keep searching for the truth. I'd be happy to discuss this at the S Retreat if that would help. Feel free to introduce yourself. I hope this helps at least some. So, wow. I remember feeling like he didn't really answer anything I asked. No. And I still kind of feel that way. Like, yeah. I mean, he didn't. I think he tried. I do think he tried, but he asked a lot more questions and then just kind Which of Which is what he opened it those. with, right? Like, like, he was like, all these questions are great, but there are a lot more. Here they are. Also, the idea that, like, should we feel inferior because we don't have a gift? No. It's sort of like a weird way to shut me down when I'm like, I feel really gen, like when I'm being really genuine and like, Hey, this feels really yeah. bad to me. And he's like, well, you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. like, okay. okay. I was going to say your letter was so vulnerable and honest and respectful. And you like approached it with so much maturity, like that a 17 year old in any other world would not be able to do. I don't think, I don't know. It's just, it was incredibly articulate and well presented and all your thoughts were very clearly laid out. And I, it's just so frustrating to me that that's how he responded. And especially to say that it was foolish, like, yeah, like the language. Yeah. It's just, ugh. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it pretty much in black and white says what we have been getting at, which is that, like, yes, it is better to have these gifts than not have them. But no, yes. you shouldn't feel inferior. You should which just be so more open. Like, which, yeah, it's just... like, okay, but I'm a kid. <laughs> like, right. I'm literally a child. And a human. Like, I don't see how anybody would feel inferior when it is clearly better to have that yeah it's exactly just, like it's not what? those things and, don't really work together <laughs> yeah and then to be like well who knows like it's not always a wow experience maybe you do have it maybe it'll right. happen when you're 70 it was like just the oh. kind of bullshit i had been always getting about this when i was like okay i've i'm trying it's been six right. years you're saying this happens for everyone i yeah. see it happening for everyone it's not happening for me like it just pisses me off. <laughs> yeah, right. Especially so. like as an adult now. Yeah, like if I I don't think he actually addressed anything that I said. Like not any of the feelings. Anyway, he no. didn't even say like, "Yes, I will keep this confidential." He right. didn't like he did not. at all. Nope. So. But that tracks with the way that men are taught to behave in this. Um society it's a society that's right <laughs> we live it's, in a society we live in a society where men are meant to be emotionally distant and yeah it's mm -hmm. so today in preparation for this i was kind of like 
looking some things up and there's a whole bunch of YouTube videos um that Ralph Martin has uh and cuz he has that he has a TV show um mm-hmm. and there was one that was put out in 2018 and he was talking with Peter Herbeck about the gifts of uh the spirit and in the first minute says you cannot have Basically, he's saying you don't have the Holy Spirit without the Pentecost, meaning you don't have the Holy Spirit without these gifts, basically. Just kind of, mm. like, confirming. Might not yeah. be able to find it fast enough, so we don't have to do that. But there are all of those YouTube videos out there for you to watch, if you want. Yeah. And it kind of just yeah. confirms what you were saying in that it's just, uh, it's necessary in their in their mind. Yeah, and and not, maybe not necessary, but better. Like, that's the, it's like this elitism of like, like, yeah, well, not everyone gets it, but you're special if you do, you know, like. Necessary in the closeness of your relationship with God. Like. Yeah, yeah. If you want to be at that elite level. Right. Which is just so silly to me. And I know a lot of people have felt similarly. Um, so when we shared something on the various pages that we share about <laughs> this, um, some people were comfortable with us, like, you know, saying that, like, reading their comments without naming them or reading their comments with a brief name or whatever. So. Right. A couple of those that happened that I really appreciated, um, there were several, but I do, and a lot of people maybe were comfortable with me reading them, but I didn't see, like, express. Right. I'm just trying to be really careful with what we actually read from these pages, but this person did say it was fine. So, um, these comments were from Steve, and Steve said, I've given up everything charismatic since its theology and practice seems forced And it's inherently divisive, pushing others away, and especially implying in so many leaders' words that Cubcom is the only true full gospel life, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what we were saying. Like, it's like, it's just a very good way of saying it. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Only way to go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. Um, Yeah. And then Steve later said, we knew we were, quote, those crazy charismatics, and yeah. joked about it sometimes, but we were also careful not to tip our hands, meaning that, you know, show that we could speak in tongues privately with family, friends, or coworkers. The tongues came out only at member gatherings or weddings, the better for evangelism. That's a really interesting point. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, because, I mean, I uh, received the gift of tongues at um, Pine Hills Summer Camp. And I remember from that point on, like, being really hush-hush about it. Mm-hmm. And not even, no one ever told me that, but I knew, like, this was a, this was kind of weird. So even at, like, Richard, Father Gabriel Richard, the high school, I wouldn't say that I could do that. It was only a prayer meeting thing. Very, yeah. Wow. Very yeah. interesting. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. And then, okay, so this person also said... We could share. Um, actually, when I asked, she said, fine with me. Let there be light. <laughs> um, which is cute. It's a good way to use that phrase. Yeah. This is Denise. And Denise said, it made me feel inferior. 
because it never, ever came naturally to me. Why did God give seemingly everyone else the gift of tongues and not me? I felt like a faker, as I did a lot of the time in community. I still remember going to Ann Arbor for a women's leadership conference, and one of the coordinator's wives said she started every day sitting at his knees, asking her husband, as her lord and master, what he wanted her to do that day. Whoa. I knew I was nowhere near that holy. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's heavy. Yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, um, not specifically tongues related, but well, I think the inferiority I mean, yeah. piece totally connects it. That, like, first of all, I loved that she shared this because I don't hear a lot of other people um, with my experience often, like, yeah. who kept trying and trying and just couldn't do it for whatever reason right um oh yeah this gets into it a little more so steve responded and said my ex told me of a conversation in women's group when the leader said the crazy thing is even if my husband is wrong he is my head so when i obey him god makes him right wow and then yeah so then steve responded and said part of what he realized was that all of that made him personally responsible if his wife or children went to hell. Like, the pressure that it put on yeah. men to make totally. sure that their families were That's righteous is absolutely insane. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. A lot of pressure and a lot of power at once. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely... Just Nuts. a recipe for disaster. What was the story that you were telling about um, being able to determine if someone has tongues or not? Yeah. Because I, I think that was part of what, like, Mr. Shaughnessy was getting at in his letter to me of, like, how do you know you don't, you know, like, maybe it wasn't a wow experience. Yeah, I so I remember there being another, I think it was considered a gift of the Holy Spirit of interpreting the tongues. Um, and there was, so as I mentioned earlier at Pine Hills, I believe I like felt I was speaking in tongues for the first time, but I remember thinking, well, I'm kind of saying the same three syllables over and over and over. I don't know if this is a whole language as people have been telling me it would be, but maybe I just, I have access to one word in this language. And, um, so I... There was uh, that big, like, Wednesday night prayer meeting at Pine Hills. Um, they ended every night with, like, a hour-long, um, everyone in the camp would get together and there would be, like, a talk and you would, uh, there would be praise and worship time where you're singing songs and being charismatic, praying in tongues and all that mm -hmm. jazz. And... Uh, so there's like the big one on Wednesday and there was a priest right. that came in, um, to participate in it. And he at one point was like, oh, okay, I will be over here outside the tent. It's like the, in this big tent outside and, um, I will, you can form a line and, um, speak in tongues if you think you have it and I will t interpret and tell you if you have received the gift or if you have not and so wow. we literally like one after the other went up spoke in tongues and uh it was very fast like it would be like yes no 
Like, and very blunt. Like, just yes or no. And then I remember I went up and he, like, I said, like, two, two syllables. Like, again. And it was just, he was just immediately like, oh, yes, I know. Like, he was just, it was so weird. And it, I remember feeling, like, very validated, like, a little puffed up. Like, of course. Shaughnessy said, like, it, they can puff you up. Um, but, also feeling like that one commenter said what who said that like feeling like a fraud. Mm, Denise, because I think yeah. Denise, yeah, because it was like, well, it's just one word, but no one seems to notice that. So I'm just gonna like yeah. take that and run with it. Um, but yeah, it was just very wow. strange and like, and how speaks old again. Dude. Must, no, probably like 13, because we left at when I was like 14. Um, so just like think about these little 13-year-old egos. Yeah. Going up and being told whether or not this thing they have is real. Right. Like, those poor kids who were told it's not real. Those little brains. Yeah. Now they're never going to trust themselves. They're never going to yeah. trust that they actually have anything good because someone can come and tell them they don't. Yeah, it speaks again to to like the authority of men and of priests of having mm-hmm. that ability, and it it does that messaging sticks in your head subconsciously of women are inferior, men have all of the knowledge, all the power. Of course, yeah, because this it's, wasn't a nun. Like no. it would never be a yeah. nun doing that. No. You know? There's no way. Yeah. There were nuns there praying with us, but they weren't the ones, you know. Yeah. Forming the line. Jeez, oh, Pete. Yeah. Um, The more that I, like, work with kids, too, not that I have, like, a ton of experience with it yet or anything, but, like... Well, you have a master's degree. Yeah. But, you know, what is higher education worth? Um, I just feel like... (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) children are so fragile and the idea that spiritual trauma is real and that it affects so much of who you are and like your life and it really I guess I just feel for the younger me who is like trying so hard and just getting these sort of like dismissive answers of like well Keep trying, like, who knows? God works in mysterious ways, you know, and I know that, like, that always really troubled me, too, with tongues or anything else, was, like, any time, it felt like any time I asked a question that was too hard, the answer was faith. It was like, yep, well, you just, that's where we have, that's why we have faith, that's where faith comes in, and I was always kind of like, okay, then what's faith? Like, tell me more about that, because is this, like, a magical thing that when you don't understand something, you lean on that, and that it, it, like, makes it so you don't care anymore that none of it makes sense? (laughs) Like, right. It It just really, man, it bothered me. And it, yeah, yeah, it was, like, just always felt sort of, like, like, how his response started to, like, well, there's a letter for you. It was always, like, Adults were a little bit like, okay, you're audacious. Like, (laughs) yeah, like, oh, oh, big questions from a little girl, you know. Um, Patronizing. Yeah, and I was, like, really 
I think I was really smart and really trying. You were so like, smart. You are so smart. Just, like, I just... And they didn't treat me that way. Like, they... Ugh. Even at the end of his letter when he's like, you'll understand when you're older. Like, I got that right. so much. And I was like, I don't think I will. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think this makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I remember, like, when I went to Gabriel Richard for a year, and it was like... Um, having mass at school, it was the first time I'd had that. And, um, like there would be kids who are raising their hands and then there's some kids who aren't. And it was like being immersed in community constantly because in community it was like, you could tell who the good kids are and the bad kids are by who's raising their hands and who is singing and who's speaking? Well, singing was kind of we all did that, but like who's speaking in tongues? Yeah, and who has their hands in their pockets and is just mm-hmm. zoning out? Yep, that yep. would be like if you were the sitting bad kid. when you weren't supposed to. Oh my Ooh. god! Yeah, standing yeah. in the back even. Um, <laughs> just like yeah. yeah, and I always tried to get like I remember really liking it when I could just go work in the kids' rooms or whatever, like help with the younger kids because it just took away it was just such a fishbowl of like you're constantly being watched to see if you're doing these things and if you're not everyone assumes i guess this is part of it it's like if you're not speaking in tongues everyone assumes you're rebelling (laughs) like everyone saw that as a form of rebellion that i like wasn't speaking in tongues didn't have my hands up didn't you know like and at least on retreats and things like where it really counted for some reason right um and to me it was so not that (laughs) it was like i'm not actively rejecting these things i don't fit in like i'm not i wish i could and i don't yeah um and the more that i didn't the more i identified with the people who were just like fuck all of this and sitting in the back or whatever because that was easier that i could do that you know i couldn't speak in tongues so i just remember feeling like i didn't have a choice like it kind of like how the people who got kicked out for not you know for not marrying someone in community or for not being heterosexual or for whatever it was like I don't belong here because I don't have these gifts. Like, this is not anything I understand or can relate to. And, but I also, like, deeply believed that everyone else did have them. Like, I think a lot of people felt like, well, everyone's obviously faking it and I can leave because it's all bullshit. But, yeah. And I think a lot of people were faking it. And I yeah. was oh, reading totally. something on like the um catholic.com about the gift of tongues and it was like whether or not it's real, you're faking it or you're like basically working on it until you it's real, that's between you and God. All right. So, okay, I guess they're so... acknowledging that a bunch of people are just winging it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. And then making people feel very ashamed when, and inferior when they Mm -hmm. are not willing to just pretend and buy into something blindly and fit in when you might 
not and you're just pretending yeah 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 and it like it just okay wait i just found something else here's a a email that i wrote to you when um i think you were starting to kind of question things more and i think you had asked me what i why i think I, i think it was like i said something like it's a cult or I don't know, something like that. And you were kind of like, what are you talking about? What do you oh, mean? Oh, yeah. You this know? would be, yeah, right around the time. I just stopped thinking about community when we left. Like, I, this yeah. is really weird. Like, I am just now, somebody asked me recently, like, what's the biggest thing that I'm learning about myself through all this? Yeah. And I'm realizing how big of a wall I put up around all of this. And, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I just did not think about the impact i've been in therapy since i was nine i've never told a single therapist a single thing about community i just i just don't really think i have processed a lot of it and 2017 when you sent this email was around the time when i told somebody for the first time mm-hmm. about it a little bit and they were like what the fuck <laughs> yeah so that's wow. yeah that that does track i had put like i had processed a lot around catholicism and a yeah. lot around god and my relationship with god but community was in a separate shoebox in the closet locked away in cemented shit totally yeah <laughs> so <laughs> yeah because yeah. it just was too much. I it mean, was just too much. And like yeah. you said, when we started doing all of this, it was like hard to separate what was community from what was Catholicism totally. and what was our particular brand of Catholicism. Totally. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. And and noticing the more I was like getting out of the community bubble and experiencing like more of the world. Yeah. I had started to notice that this childhood experience was not common. Yeah, right. And it, that wasn't something that I had really noticed. Right. Yeah. So what did you say in the email? <laughs> okay, well, so I I also have, so I had started writing a book about community, which I've mentioned a couple times, and I have a ton of um, uh, responses and surveys that I did with people. Yeah. And I would love to go back to those people and kind of ask if it's still okay to share some of that because um it's really interesting to see. It's like 10 years ago at this point. So I'm kind of like, well, I wonder yeah, how they feel now and like what, you know. Okay. Anyway. Um <laughs> Okay, so when in 2017 what I said to you was some stuff about finding out about abuse that had happened, um, like sexual abuse um, from Greg Gavrilides and things like that, which I think is pretty common knowledge at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of realizing that things that had happened to me were kind of abusive, like being forced to be prayed over um, for tongues. And also a note that I forgot about that is that I told mama, I didn't tell anybody about it for years because I just didn't know it was bad. Like, I didn't know anything. I thought I was bad, you know. Um, And then finally, when I told mom, 
she was pissed. And she, she said that on the application for camp, there's a question where the, it asks for the parents' consent to pray over your kid for tongues. And mom had written, um, this is up to her. Like, I would rather you ask her if she wants to or not. And so they not only were, like, abusing my rights, they were also completely explicitly wow. going against mom's yeah. consent. It's, like, another level. Oh, that's awful. Um, so I was telling you about that, and then I said... Um, what I think happened is that the adults who are raising their children in this community, our parents' generation, see it as so relaxed and normal because they're comparing it to what it was when it began. But the truth is it still has remnants of all of those controlling misogynistic behaviors. What was our job as a girls' group? Child care. What did the boys do? Yard work. How were we made to feel if we were not baptized in the Holy Spirit? Unfit. How were we looked at if we said we had doubts? Outcasts. Who were their leaders? Men. What would happen if you started dating someone in high school? Rumors, calls to your parents, a million grand assumptions. In the Lansing community, if you didn't sign the ideal as a high schooler at a public event in front of the whole community, promising you would not drink or do drugs or be alone in a room with someone of the opposite sex, you were no longer welcome to be a part of small groups or the youth group at all. And I think that was like... And then at the end of the email, I said, I love you. I'm looking forward to talking about all of this more in person or on a podcast. Five years later. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm so grateful that I have all of my older siblings and <laughs> I'm able to like process this with you guys for real. Like I was thinking about this this morning, like considering how big this is and how the wide range of experiences you can have in community. Yeah. I feel pretty lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. All things considered. Yeah. I guess just going back for a second, like the rules around unspoken rules around praying in tongues to like, I'm just picturing the weekend retreats where you might see a lot of high schoolers praying in tongues but you wouldn't necessarily see them doing that at, like, a regular Sunday gathering with everyone, with, like, the adults yeah. and everything there, unless they were, like, really gung-ho about it. Right. Um, it's, so, it, to me, it's, like, almost this kind of peer pressure of, like, okay, this is where everyone does it, and this is where we do it now, but not in this yeah. context. And it's also something that I think a lot of people, like, if you think about really weird evangelistic communities like pentecostal communities or covenant communities or whatever it's like you think about the praying in tongues and that's kind of the like mm -hmm. outward example of it and it, it's interesting that it was mentioned as like a tool for evangelism because yeah it's weird like yeah. when people see it they want to know more about it yeah Kind of yeah, I was gonna say in. it could be it could be a uh, a thing that like makes someone shy away from it, or it could be a thing that mm -hmm. really draws someone in and mm -hmm. makes them feel important and powerful. And yeah, powerful. and I think from like a even like a scientific perspective, it is really interesting. Like I think it's yeah. called glossolalia. Yeah, you know, and like 
it's been there's been a lot of studies on it and i don't know who has funded those or <laughs> like i haven't done enough research into how those are actually done and if they're controlled and accurate but yeah. um chemically a lot goes on too like lots of pleasure hormones dopamine and oxytocin are real i was gonna say yeah it's i mean it's kind of a trance state it's kind yeah. of a, yeah i think there is a level to which it's for a lot of people probably as real as anything else you know like they are there have been studies that show that like our brains can access other um parts of itself in like it when you're in a trance or when you're in meditation like in all these different practices and religions there are ways to do that and i think that's what it is you know yeah i i I agree. Yeah, it was it was so validating and interesting to hear from Jess in our in one of our last episodes about how she gets that same feeling in meditation yeah, right. also. Like and it was just like, "Oh my gosh, okay, cool. So it is it does feel like the same for other people because for me it's like I think it is just those um those chemicals." Yeah, yeah I don't know. Totally. I'm, just, I'm curious to hear from more people about their experiences with spiritual yeah. gifts and what that yeah, felt like yeah or what the lack of it didn't feel like, like what that shame felt mm-hmm. like or what the pressure mm-hmm. felt like and not yeah i know them. for me part of the spiritual trauma is like i have a really 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 hard time with meditation <laughs> and mindfulness of any kind because i'm immediately like well i'm not gonna right. f- i can't do this you know and then it's like well the whole point of meditation is like there's you can't do it wrong you can't fail at it you know and i'm like "Mm, right you don't know me (laughs) i sure can fail at it and i will um so it just becomes extremely stressful and not like yeah yeah. which is not helpful for meditation (laughs) yeah dang well yeah um feel free listeners to comment on our uh, postings about this podcast about your experiences i know that we love we love the dialogue on the internet that we're starting Mm -hmm. with everybody and um you can do that through our email too uh private dms whatever we just love hearing from you guys and we got more guest interviews coming up yeah well thank you for listening we hope that you enjoyed this podcast as you have hopefully enjoyed <laughs> all the others. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this conversation of spiritual uh, trauma. <laughs> I feel exhausted. I am tired, but I am grateful that we got to have this conversation. Me too. Thank you for having it. And I love you, Jackie. <laughs> hey, listener. I love, you. love you. In case yeah. you haven't heard it today. You are special. <laughs> yeah. And uh yeah, do something nice for yourself. And if you feel shitty, do something nice for somebody else. It helps. Goodbye. Alright. Bye.